It's another episode of Movies You Should Love with Lauren and Scott. Welcome to Movies You Should Love. Um, we're back, or maybe this is a reboot. I don't know, but I am Scott, and this is Lauren. Hey, everybody. This is a podcast where we kind of we call it a uh, film school without the tuition. We're going to take uh, take a look at some movies. Uh, we're going to kind of pick them apart, see what makes them work, what we like about them, what we don't like about them. Um, and I think very uh, appropriately, we're looking uh, tonight, we're going to talk about um, specifically Alien Covenant. But I think there's going to be some touches on Prometheus as well. The two um, prequel reboot of the Alien franchise from yeah. Ridley Scott? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know we have talked about uh, specifically Prometheus before on this podcast. Uh, and, well, first of all, let me just say, it's nice to be back, guys. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, and uh, so that's really cool that we're that we're back and doing this. And like Scott said, kind of a reboot here. Uh, we're going to be a little more tightly focused, a little bit... Uh, a little bit more uh, just like picking single movies and dealing with them here and uh, and yeah alien covenant um so i i think both scott and i um kind of bucked the trend of internet hate that prometheus received uh not that there are not uh, flaws within the movie um right. i i think we both were willing to acknowledge that but uh uh i know before alien covenant came out i went back and revisited it i watched it again um and and then went into Alien Covenant with that pretty fresh in my mind, um, and and uh, my spoiler for that is that I I still really like Pr- uh, Prometheus quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah anyhow so we're going to talk about Covenant tonight, and uh, this is probably going to be a little bit spoilery. Um, I, I think that's yeah. a thing that we're going to say with this one is that because because really to get into it we've we've got to spoil stuff and i would say if you're listening to this podcast um yeah it's best to watch the movie before we you sit down and listen to this because we're going to dissect it and part of that is getting into the beginning the middle the end of the film um and to start a conversation that we would love to continue to have with you online or wherever and um yeah if you if you haven't seen it then um and you're thinking this might be something you're interested in, go watch it, then listen to us. Or if you're just like, no, I just rather listen to these two nerds talk about it and uh, move on from there, then, uh, you know, keep going. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to watch Prometheus before Alien Covenant. Um, and I just never quite got back around to it. And I feel bad about that. And but not, And especially now that I've seen Alien Covenant, I really want to go back to Prometheus um, because what's fascinating to me is let's just get right into it is what Ridley Scott is kind of doing. And I feel like this is these movies are very, how do I say this? He's always been a very thoughtful director, um, very interested in not just telling a story, but discussing something as well. I mean, you go back to Blade Runner, you go back to like the the, the big old movies that we kind of associate with the, the start of his career. I think he's always been interested in things. But um, I feel like since, um, huh, since 2001, since 9-11, I really feel like he's doubled down on discussing uh, religion and philosophy in his films. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, Kingdom of Heaven comes right. to mind. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, well, I mean, so many of them. But right. yes, and 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 Prometheus and Covenant are 
directly there in the middle. Uh, middle, maybe leading the pack of that. Some, I think you could argue. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I think it's possible that is also part of the turnoff for some people is that they neither of these films, I would say, are strict horror films. Um, and the way we think of Alien as a horror film, you know, Alien is like a, this sci-fi horror that created a genre just about and is like the mold by which all other, you know, sci-fi horror films are measured or are built from. And then you have Prometheus and it like it it looks at the mold. It sees that mold that Ridley himself created and goes, yeah, but not that. <laughs> and then and I think Alien Covenant kind of does the same, though it does dip its toe a little bit more. It kind of like it kind of gets into that mold and then flexes its muscles to break the mold a little bit um, by being, you know, Ridley again, really, I think, wanting to discuss something. And expanding very specifically, um, if you're confused, going, like, what are you talking about? I think it's the most clear in um, Michael Fassbender's characters um, in these two films. Um, he plays the the synthetic robot character, um, David, in uh, Prometheus, who we, who we first meet, who is, I think in our in the podcast, we just raved about him. And he continues to be like the most rave-worthy <laughs> parts of these films. Um because he plays this robot kind of um, very, uh, what would you say? Like his, his, his relationship with Peter O'Toole is just like. Well, yeah, he, he becomes Peter O'Toole from Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Uh, in, in, like, uh, specifically in, in Prometheus. I mean, yeah, it's, like it's his, amazing. And then continues it on into Alien Covenant. Yeah. And it, it, it was so fun and um, fascinating to see that the return of that, um, especially because in Alien Covenant, he plays a different robot he plays uh is it walter is his name walter yes yeah so it's a it's a new version of that same robot you know another um iteration and he has a slightly different mannerisms he has a slightly different voice and then and then you have uh david return and you have this kind of you know fastbender versus fastbender two completely different characters you know and it's just fascinating yeah well i was gonna say i i think this is maybe the um the crux of all of the uh, all of the issues that people are having with these movies. Um, if if you are coming to to Prometheus and Covenant uh, to see an alien movie, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed because they are really alien films, kind of on on the fringe of it. I mean, don't get me wrong; you see a lot of alien stuff happen. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, but it's it's kind of like. Ridley Scott is going to go like, fine, I'll put your aliens in my movies that I want to make because people need to come see them. Right. But this movie is actually about something completely different. And that something completely different is David. David is the center of these films and the aliens are just there to try to get people into the theaters. So if you're coming for an alien movie, uh, Alien Covenant specifically has... yeah. Literally, has, like almost all of the highlights of an alien movie. There's you want like, face huggers. You want things bursting out of chests. You want black aliens with you know mouths inside mouths. Check, 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 check. <laughs> you know things getting launched into space. All that stuff. Like it's all there. Um, none of it particularly. I mean, it, it matters, but it doesn't particularly matter. Like that's not the reason you're watching this movie. If it is the reason you're watching this movie, then you're probably going to be disappointed because these are not alien movies 
Right. And it, he, Ridley, I think, and the, the screenwriters he works with, I think does a really fascinating job of recontextualizing the alien in a way that I think, uh, if you want to compare prequel to prequel, you look at what George Lucas kind of did with the Force and with Jedi and the prequel trilogy, where he's like, I'm going to explain all of this. And you're like, no, no, George, no, 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 don't, please. <laughs> we don't need that. Um in this, there's a, there's several different things going on. You see the birth of the alien. You see kind of where this comes from, where this xenomorph comes from. But there's this recontextualization, which goes back to the philosophical conversation that he's kind of having, which is, it's it's and it's really you see it in Prometheus, but it's very it's brought to the forefront at the beginning of Alien Covenant, where David um, is talking to his creator. Uh, played by uh, Guy Pierce, and he's a uh, Wayland, who we've seen the name of in all the Alien movies. Um, he is David's creator, and he's and he starts remarking, and they start having this, you know, very, <laughs> very religious, basically conversation about, well, y- you created me, who created you? And he's like, oh, well, maybe one day we will find that out, and we start to see that David has this issue, has this. I don't know if you want to call it jealousy or this obsession when he realizes while he is created, he himself cannot create. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's ahead. a fascinating, well, yeah, I was gonna say it's a, it's a fascinating thing. Um, the, the first movie uh, Prometheus is, is really about this idea of like what it means to be a God. Like that mm-hmm. is kind of the, mm-hmm. um, you know, like what is God? What does that mean? Um, and and all of the characters, every action that they take, it is all in response to that kind of central question. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and it really is David's story of coming to grips of like understanding what a god is. Uh, this movie, which takes place years after the first one, um, uh, I think it's. A, I had to look it up. It's eleven years later. Eleven years. Um, yeah, is is really once someone actually understands what it means to be a god uh at least at least believes that they understand then what do they do with that and uh and and fascinatingly enough it's basically if if prometheus is about what does it mean to be a god alien covenant is what does it mean to be the devil yeah like the and I think that was the first thing I texted you about this movie I'm like it was beautiful and horrifying and everything you'd want from paradise lost yeah, absolutely. There are some very strong, like almost actual verbatim dialogue pulled from Paradise Lost put into this movie, whereas like you were not created to be a servant, I, and or I would rather be a, a king here than a slave there. And you're just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, what are you doing? It's like it's like Ridley Scott was like, I really want to make Paradise Lost. I really want to talk about the devil and his obsession and his destruction and all these things. But I kind of need to do it in the Alien franchise. <laughs> and uses, you know, David's obsession and his creation of of the of the of the alien of the xenomorph as his you know, he, he creates this thing and is using that to kind of go, maybe I can be a god too, you know, or or if you're not going to let me be a god, then I can damn you. Watch this. <laughs> you know, it's it's eerie, and there's. I feel like there's some layers here that I, I need to rewatch the movie. Like it was one of those movies I finished it. I'm like, well, I got to watch this again. 
Yeah, well, it's fascinating because it, it is that it's that it's that um, rebellion against against the creator, uh, and that it is also he he uses the uh, the the xenomorph as the temptation, right? Like he is right. also the tempter to humanity mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It's it's kind of a strange dual purpose that um, because there is you know watching these movies um, there is something fascinating about the alien characters and and. Every human in these films, in it, in their own weird way, is kind of drawn to them and wants to know more about it and tries to understand. And it is that temptation that that David uses as his original sin, if you will. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And, and it, it's fascinating when you, I mean, when you start putting the timeline together, when you realize what he did, the first thing he does after Prometheus, once he realizes what's going on, he sets out and then basically destroys the creators. <laughs> he, he just he's like, okay, well, I will wipe you all out and then I will start anew on this on this earth-like planet and create my own life here and do this thing here and discover what this thing is that I have. Yeah, he's kind of taking claim of this thing. Um, even though I guess technically the engineers are the ones who created the black goo that has the 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 building blocks of the life that David harvests and creates, but it's it's horrifying and fascinating, and and we haven't even talked about like the human characters in here. But there's one character specifically who I found just really um, profoundly interesting as well, which is um, oh I don't remember his name Odom or something, um, played by Billy Crudup. Okay, yeah, the, the really kind of the uh, the central male protagonist. Yeah, uh, and like he, of, of the humans. Yeah, he's thrust into this position of having to be the captain after an accident kills the previous captain. Hilariously played by James Franco, I guess. Who you only you... see in a flashback and a web short. Yeah. Like, I went... <laughs> they shot... You see a video and I went, was that James Franco? Hold on. James Franco was in this? <laughs> I, it was distract... It was like, it was, I, that was one of the few complaints I had about <laughs> Alien Covenant. I'm like, why would you cast somebody like James Franco in a role that's like three seconds long? It's a little distracting. But anyway... Um, so he gets put in the, this position of, of power and of, of leadership, and we find out very quickly that he is not necessarily the leader that he thinks he is. Like, he's, like he knows he needs to be a good leader. Um, but what's fascinating to me about that is not only that kind of layer of him trying to be a good leader and trying to be all of this, he's also like a person of faith, and he feels like he feels like it's all set up against him to fail, like Nobody wants a person of faith in power. Nobody wants this person to be in this position. Yet here I am, and so I have to make the most of it. And he does, and he doesn't. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. he, he's this really flawed character who dies tragically at the hands of uh, David. And um, like his his kind of brief little arc of of wanting to step up and be someone, I found really fascinating in this conversation. Kind of being pulled in two directions between. Uh, the, the the god of the devil basically and just where he ends up in those final moments where he's realizing these are my last moments of life i just found i don't know i've always liked billy crudup so there may be part of that but i found it um particularly moving as far as you know a character who is basically in these kind of movies tends to be like created to be killed i found him to be um particularly noteworthy um, yeah, well, he's, I, I find him really fascinating because uh, that that question of that he kind of has of like, uh, 
he his flaw is that he is not as strong of a leader as he wants to be mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting that he blames it on his faith um right. because i don't think anybody else on the ship uh nobody seems has, to care has, has a single concern about his faith like it's only an issue to him which i think is a fascinating thing because i i i think that that is true within christianity as well some yeah it, it kind of speaks to kind of i think a lot of christians kind of self-martyrdom you know a little bit of like oh yeah everybody's against me it's like no no we're all on board we may not like you but that's just because you're unlikable it's not because <laughs> of your faith it's not you know you're just you weren't the charismatic james franco who we all were you know here for yeah um, yeah, yeah um and, and then secondly like talking about his his death um this is a really interesting thing because, like, like you said, everybody exists in these movies to die, and you know, there's going to be a couple of people who survive, and part of the fun is guessing who that is yeah. going to be. Um, and uh, his death is is specifically, I, I, I think his character is fascinating because they set him up very like almost from the beginning when you meet him as as him self identifying as a Christian, yeah. um, and then he is literally the one character who uh like he is the adam if you will in this garden of eden that they've landed in um and he he literally has kind of the uh the do you eat the fruit moment um in this movie because he is he's he's going with david uh after he has just seen um kind of the first death in what they think is this safe place yeah um and which you could kind of you could kind of skew that to be kind of like you know, Eve has fallen at this point sure. now. Now you, I mean, you could. What you do you choose with like, this? Yeah. You know, if you, yeah. And and David leads him in and literally tells him like, "Oh, you're not going to die. It's safe." Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. leads him into what is arguably the creepiest, scariest looking place that you could possibly go. Lean in. It's fine. Look at this it, thing. <laughs> look at this. It's just fascinating. Nothing bad will happen. He, and he's convincing. Like I, you watch it and it's kind of like, oh, well, most any person in that situation might uh you know if they if they didn't know they were in a horror film maybe you do maybe you do listen to the guy who saved you out in the forest even though he's weird like <laughs> i don't know like like maybe you do what else do you do in this situation it, it reminded it reminded yeah. me um to compare this back to prometheus one of the people's a lot of people's complaints were about the way the scientists behave specifically when they meet the weird alien snake yes scene um, this felt like the improved version of that, where it's kind of like, no, sometimes people do dumb things you can't explain. And you all complain about the, these guys, they reach out and they touch the thing, and they do the thing, and it kills them, of course. Um, this was like, but this is, they, they kind of, it's like a more well-crafted moment where we, the audience, we see where he's walking, we see exactly what he's going to do, and he does exactly he does exactly that, but he also, like you said, does exactly what we would probably do as well. <laughs> like, it was like the more believable version of that scene where you just go, "Oh yeah, I, yeah, I would probably lean in too," and that's probably how I would die too. That 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 makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, then those final moments where he's where he knows he's about to die, and he's like, you know, well, you know, what do you believe in? He goes, creation. <laughs> you know, you're just like, geez, <laughs> and it kind of goes. It, it it's fascinating to me because. In that moment, I feel like David is kind of becoming the engineers or he's it's his version of becoming the engineers, because in the first opening shots of Prometheus, we see how in order for the engineers to create, they must um, destroy 
Like, yeah. They have to, but they do it to themselves. They don't do it to someone else. Like that's the, that's like the, the dark twist. They, they drink the black stuff and it consumes them. And then that they, their body becomes the building blocks of life for whatever planet they're on. And that is what the sacrifice they're willing to, um, you know, willing to commit to in order to bring about life. David's doing kind of the same thing, but he's inflicting it on somebody else. Yeah, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating thing because that is kind of the recurring theme of of this series if you will is that you know to have life occur you have to have death. And I mean that's that's what's happened on this planet for him to create his his life it's what happened in Prometheus and um and it's even like he keeps being reborn as a character like like uh mm-hmm. People die, uh, and his body gets destroyed, things happen, and yet David keeps coming back to life through other people's mm-hmm. tragedy, and it's just, it's a, it's a cyclical, uh, part of this, of this story that, that really fits with the alien concept quite a lot. It really does. It really does. And I, I really am so very happy that Ridley Scott has kind of come back to this franchise that I, I think is, I mean, I like the first two Alien movies. The rest, I feel, are pretty avoidable. I mean, it comes right down to it. Um, because they, I think they get kind of more horror-centric as they go and less interesting. Um, and may, But, I mean, I can also understand where that's maybe where a lot of people are coming at these movies. They're, kind of, they're thinking about Alien 3. They're thinking about Alien 4 and Alien vs. Predator and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you have these very horror films. But I'm so happy that Ridley Scott's kind of coming back into this universe to play and has some things to say like well let's let's look at some of these things let's 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 play with these toys in a new way um and so uh, question this may be completely unfair i'm blindsiding you lauren but it just kind of occurred to me as we were discussing ridley scott has talked about wanting to make at least one or two more of these that would eventually back end into um alien as i think he describes it where do you go from here like to continue, like, is there another specifically in this conversation, not just story wise, yeah. but just like thematically, thematically, and... you know, so we talk about gods, we talk about devils. What's the next step? Is there? Sure. Okay. So I think there, I think I, I was actually, I know you you thought you were blindsiding me, but I was actually thinking about this in the shower this morning when I was kind of thinking about this movie and, and, and recording this podcast. Um, if it were me, which it's not, um, <laughs> I, but I, I think there are a couple a couple of uh, major themes, major religious themes that have not um, that have not been dealt with yet. Um, and so, if if I were going somewhere with this, I feel like um, one thing is that we still have uh, Dante's Inferno to deal with. Okay. Um, so, like, that's a whole direction. So, that you've met the devil. Now, welcome to hell. <laughs> now, welcome to hell. That could be one direction. The other, maybe more interesting direction uh, to me is I don't feel that we have had a Job uh, okay. uh, story yet, which which Job is kind of the story of human suffering and belief in God. Um, and it could be very interesting to have that kind of be a a final chapter in because uh, we know uh, again very spoilery here we know at the end of this movie david is in the ship he's got embryos he has uh he has a whole bunch of humans in captivity he's got the heroes of this movie in captivity and they are sailing off into 
into space to go find. And uh, again, uh, just also looking at it biblically, like that is that is kind of the story where like the devil goes to to you know to heaven and and deals with God, and there's there's all of these kind of interesting things, and then humanity would be left on Earth with these humans going through trials and mm-hmm. and stuff to test their faith in so, their in their creator. Bro, I love this idea. Um, broad, broad <laughs> stroke, like who who do you see playing what does? Does it become a slight redemption story for David and he becomes the Job of like, why did you let me do this? Or do you bring in an engineer? Like, because we, we've seen engineers, like he, there was like the engineers were in Prometheus and one even kind of played a little bit of an antagonist in the third act of Prometheus. And then we see their complete destruction in Alien Covenant. Do you have an alien, do you have an engineer come in, find the, find his people wiped out? And then he goes and seeks out um, David or seeks out these things and goes like, you know, why, 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 why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? <laughs> you know, or is it uh, Daniels, you know, the, the woman who's, who survived? Um, spoilers. Yeah. Like, who, who do you see kind of playing like the Job role in this? Uh, I or was probably, I was imagining Daniels or, or whoever the next character is. I mean, um, that would that would easily be be a way to do that. Um, it's just kind of, you know, a, a movie of of suffering and things get taken away, and you know, but it's it's an alien movie, so it's probably a really dark job where she doesn't get rewarded at the end. That um, could that could be like she wakes up in the ship, and the sh- like it's it's like it's almost like a com- you could almost kind of combine the Job and the Dante's Inferno, where she wakes up in hell, basically. It's like the um. Uh, well, I was going to say, and with the with the engineer concept, uh, we know that in the original Alien movie, they they see the mm-hmm. you know the engineer is there, right? Like there's there's that yeah. whole whole thing. So it would be possible to bring it around to that. You know, uh, uh, I don't know. I here's my thing is is at this point Ridley Scott has lived with this so much longer than I have, and I I think he has a plan. This is where I would be thinking. But who knows? I mean, like, there's also there's also uh, apocalyptic sorts of things. There's uh, visions and and things of revelation and and end of the world sorts of places he could go. Um, I don't know. There's there's a whole lot of fascinating religious options for him to deal with. I think, especially and I, there, there, it's kind of apparently I was reading tonight. It's kind of up in the air about if we will get another one. I would love to see one more, specifically from Ridley Scott, that kind of puts a nice big, awful bow on this. Like, yeah. like this conversation that's that started Prometheus, went to Alien Covenant, and then went to Alien Revelation. <laughs> you know, and then it's kind of like then Alien and Aliens becomes like this awful epilogue of like, and from that war in heaven came this you know the 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 xenomorph still lives it's still out there you know and you know people are dying all because of you know one robot's hubris (laughs) yeah yeah i would love that and i mean here's here's i'm just gonna bottom line this for you any movie that ridley scott makes that he then uh uh that david uh, uh i'm sorry the actor um Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Ridley Scott plus Michael Fassbender, I'm down. 
Like yeah. that's yeah. that's ultimately my um, my my goal with this is like <laughs> I want to see as many movies as, with the two of them working yeah. together yeah. as possible. They uh, they because, are a real dream. Yeah. I realized something after after I watched Alien Covenant, which is this funny re- re- revelation of my own, which is uh, Cameron Crowe wrote and directed my favorite film of all time, Almost Famous. But like, and because I love that movie so much, I'll watch anything that he does. That being said, if you don't like that movie or any of his movies, like, it doesn't hurt my feelings. But I will fight anybody who doesn't like Ridley Scott. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I'm like, oh, no, you're wrong. You don't like really... Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I think it's because I feel like if you don't like it, you've probably missed the point. And I feel like the point of his movies is so... Um, Which is such a... Yeah, it's such it's an so awful special. thing to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so special. Yeah. But I, And I hate saying, like, oh, you don't get it. I have to explain it to you. Like, no, no. That's, you know, I don't... I, that's never a good way to start a conversation. But that's kind of how I always feel. Just like, oh, did you just, like... Not get it? Like, did you like what happened? <laughs> it's it's to me. It's we are so glutted with just. Uh, I mean, not not to pick on on comic book movies and stuff, but just like sure. you know, but like most of the movies that are coming are like big, huge, epic sorts of movies. Uh, I'll pick on Transformers because that's one that that I feel is safe to pick on. Um, it's it's all style and no substance. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's so, big, but it's not about anything. It has nothing it's not to about say. Anything. Yeah, and it's it's, and yet it's pulling in you know huge dollars at the box office because people kind of want mindless entertainment to to push through, and and there is room for that. What Ridley Scott is doing is the opposite of that. He is taking something that I would argue never was mindless entertainment. If you watch the very first Alien, it is scary because of how smart it is. And how um, just how intelligently made it is. It is made specifically to be a horror movie. It is not about hugely larger themes than that, unless you count like feminism and some of those things, uh, uh, larger themes, uh, which we yeah, I mean, that, yeah, there's um, a lot. Yeah. No, no, but, I mean, but you're but you're right. Like, I think the first Alien movie set out to be a horror film, but there are some really amazing and interesting layered things happening in that movie between if you want to talk about feminism or if you want to talk about like um sexual assault you want to talk about some of the, like the the metaphors that play here some of the imagery that's going on it's it's not just a horror film like there's there's things there there's some real meat and potatoes to it yeah and and i the alien franchise has been diluted down to creepy aliens fighting other stuff usually humans and lots of things die in explosive gutsy ways you know and and Ridley Scott is not doing that. He's he's making movies about something, and and you can argue about character motivations or or thin characterizations. And uh, I'll give it to you, like uh, half the half the characters in this movie, like you don't really know who they are. They're they're irrepl- you know you you could mm-hmm. drop any other actor in, and they'd be just fine uh, mm-hmm. because you don't know a thing about them, and it really doesn't matter because they're going to die. Um, but that's not what this is about. It's I, it's I, less horror yeah. and more more theology and more philosophy and I feel like his his a lot of his characters tend especially maybe like these these two movies specifically I see them almost like they're pawns and rooks in a chess match which they're all kind of faceless and it doesn't kind of matter because they're being moved so expertly 
by someone who knows what they're doing. So just pay attention. Like, pay attention to where these characters are moving and what they're doing. And maybe it doesn't make sense when you go like, but why would the pawn move that way? That's the dumbest move to make. It's like, well, no, we're sacrificing the pawn because we need to do this. <laughs> and yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. It's it's uh, it's a different type of filmmaking than than honestly than I, I feel like most people are doing right now, and um, and that's why I love it. Yeah, me too. And that's honestly, I um, when when. This to me, I point to Ridley Scott, and I point. There's a couple other filmmakers out there. When we talk about like what is the role of the theater, of of uh, a cinematic experience in a world that has Netflix, in a world that has HBO, and and the increasing budgets of the of the productions of that the uh, these TV channels, you know, the fact that Game of Thrones exists in this world is like mind blowing because in the past one of those episodes would have been a movie, and you just wouldn't have gotten the scope of this of this story so in a world that has a a you know television channels and premium broadcasting channels um that can make and tell those kinds of stories what is the role of the theater to me it's not 3d it's not uh more cgi moving parts on the screen um it's not you know uh, 4D and you know a chair that uh, vibrates to explosions. It's specifically well crafted, well told stories that have something to say, and you know, and children's films. You know, because <laughs> it's still fun to take children to movies in the summer. But you know, give me something like this, like a two-hour digestible something to watch, to be entertained, and then to leave the theater with something to talk about. That's what I want. More Ridley Scott, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, man, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, uh, I mean, I think both of our recommendations are, uh, you should love this movie. It is a movie you yeah. should love. Um, yes. And, <laughs> Absolutely. and if you don't, uh, do a little digging. See see if you can figure out a way to, to love it, because there's a lot of layers to, to get at it from. One of my favorite reviews of this movie that I, I stumbled onto was from a friend who did not like Prometheus, um, but watched this movie and he goes, this movie really made me like Prometheus. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, I, it's, and that's what was interesting. Like, it's like the act two of a story that act one, maybe you didn't completely see, you didn't completely understand, but seeing where Michael Fassbender's character goes in this movie makes Prometheus like make even more sense. Like you really see just like it was the building blocks. It was the foundation of something grander. Um, so start there. Like, Check these out. Um, they're they're available places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go watch them. Please do. We'll we'll put links to everything that we've talked about here in our show notes. Um, and thanks for listening. Check us out on the Facebooks or wherever else. Uh, and we will catch you next time on Movies You Should Love. Bye. You've been listening to the Movies You Should Love podcast. Join in the conversation at moviesyoushouldlove.com. dot